thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Amen. It's great to see all of you. If you love Jesus, say I do. Hey, I just want to highlight, um, if you're new to Radiant, we're really glad that you're here. My name is David, and it's a delight to have you with us at Radiant Church. Radiant, let's give a big hand for everyone that's here for the first time. Can you do that? Yeah, so glad. If you guys could kind of scoot to the middle, too, that'd be great. We've got people still coming in. That would be awesome. Hey, um, we're uh, excited about Easter weekend. It's going to be a great time. We are going to be in this very room uh, four times next week, and so make sure and be here. If you're able to choose either the, uh, the early one at eight or the late one, that would be great. It would open up space in the middle two services. Um, so just a reminder of that if you're able to, but no pressure because um, <clears throat> this is America. So anyway, <laughs> you don't put pressure on Americans. Anyway, um, so hey, if you've got your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter three. Let me just kind of tell you the series that we're in. We're so excited because we're celebrating this, seri- or this uh, season where God's provided this miracle building. And, um, and so I'm, I'm so elated. And in the midst of the building, I wanted to take a series leading up to Easter to talk about that there's something that Jesus is building uh, that is more important than him giving us a building. <laughs> so I love the building, but here's what God is building in us. It's not so much about the building that's made of concrete. It's about him building radiant disciples. And so we thought we'd take you on a journey And there's so many different phases that we could give you into the formation of a disciple. Um, But we've narrowed it down to four words. And and we've put these four words together. And the first one is rescued. This would be salvation. This would be your journey of leaving everything to follow Jesus. This would be Jesus saving you. This would be the moment where you sang amazing grace. This is that moment of salvation. I once was lost, but now I'm found. This is that he brought me out of darkness into marvelous light. Right? That's rescued. And then the next one, though, would be transformation transformed. It's that moment where Jesus is transforming me into a different person. I'm becoming different. So the hangups, the mess ups, the sins, the addictions that used to have a hold on me no longer do. I'm being transformed. Anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. This is my transformation process. And and really here at Radiant, our dream is, is to have every Sunday. And every Sunday since we began, we've encouraged people to give their lives to Jesus, and on, specifically on a Sunday. And then we want to invite everybody to not just sit in a row, but to sit in a circle in a small group. And so the place that we really work on this, to be transformed or to become a disciple, is in that place of small groups. Last week, we talked about being empowered. We talked about every single one of us have a call of God on our lives. Every single one of us, there is something that God has called us to do. And in order to accomplish it, you need the power of God. So you can't accomplish the purpose of God without the power of God. So we talked about waiting on God. We talked about the process of not being shy about the work of the Holy Spirit, the power of God at work inside of you in order to then be radiant, to be a light, for, to be a disciple maker, to let people see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus said. So we're talking about that journey, and so today we're going to go after this idea of being transformed. And this is a, there's a whole lot here. This is a whole series in itself, but we're, we're, we're working our way backwards. And the reason is because, um, in my mind, there's so many more people that come to church on a Sunday in our culture. And so 
So I, I wanted to give us an opportunity, essentially be trained up, beginning with the end in mind, right? To be trained up for the day, Easter Sunday, where a lot of people will come. And my hope is, is that as many as possible are rescued on that day. Uh, so normally you don't start with the end. You know, you would say, here's the progression. We would go rescued, transformed, empowered, and radiant, but we've gone the opposite. We've gone radiant, empowered, this is transformed, and then next week will be rescued. So if you have our Bibles, let's go 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Reads like this. I'm going to hang out in this verse, this idea. Really going after a word today. It's kind of like a Bible word study almost. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul says this. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Or you could say behold the Lord's glory. Our being. That's an interesting idea. Our being transformed. So it's, it's a process. You're in the journey. I'm in the journey. We're, we're being transformed. Transformation is a process. We're being transformed into what? Into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So you and I are in a process of being transformed. We have an aim and a goal to be transformed by God in partnership with him. We do what God calls us to do. He's at work inside of us, but we're standing in agreement with him and into his image. So we have a goal. We're not just throwing darts any direction. We have a vision. We desire to be transformed into what? Into an image of ourselves, into an image of what we want to be, into our vision for our life, where we look at 20 years in the future and say, I, I want to accomplish these seven things, so I'm going to develop these seven habits so that I can be all that I can be, so that I can be what I want to be. No. Our aim is, I desire to be transformed into his image. So we want to become like Jesus. That is the touchdown. That's the win. That's the goal. If you're starting, if it's preseason and you know where you want to go, you want to win the Super Bowl, you have a goal. You ready for this? It is to be transformed into his image. All right. All right. But look at this. This is the uh, paraphrase. And, and when we read, I like to read the par paraphrase type stuff like the message because it's fun, just because it's good, clean, fun in a real swell time. And when you read this paraphrase, I think it sounds like radiant. So here's Eugene Peterson. He gives us this message. This is just a paraphrase, but it's really fun to read. It says this, we're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. Woo -hoo -hoo. That's fun. Brightness of God. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. I mean, that is a fun phrase. The idea of shining. You're, you and I are called to shine. Sounds like the name of our church. Our lives gradually becoming our lives. So God at work in you. You saying, I'm surrendered to you. Have your way in me. Our lives gradually. So it's a process. So it's more than a moment. It's a process. Our lives gradually being, be, becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. Sounds like radiant. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we pray that we as your people would become more like you. We pray that we would be transformed. May this idea not be preacher talk. May it not be theoretical church talk. May we not check out, endure a sermon, and go home. May we be transformed by God. Come, pour fuel on the fire of our heart. Cause it to erupt and let us become a people that look different. May we, may we truly shine like stars in a wicked and depraved generation, oh God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. So summer of 21, we were in this room as our bold conference, which is focused on teenagers and young adults. And this whole room was filled with young people. 
And uh, it was kind of leading towards uh, the last night. I was speaking on the very last night. We had a goal of taking the students to this one moment. And I had a moment that really messed up. I've actually been in such kind of like emotional healing. I haven't been able to talk about it for the last two years. But now I'm going public with it. All right. Because uh, I was like screaming at the top of my voice. I, and, and, and I screamed a word that little did I know that it was currently a trend on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Don't know TikTok. Can't talk TikTok. But... Uh, but I'm telling this story, and I was telling a story about being surprised of God at work, and I screamed at the top of my lungs with a whole bunch of Gen Z in this room, and I screamed, sheesh, like that, and I'm telling you, the place erupted. Some kids thought I was cool. No. <laughs> they thought, oh, wow, he's really up to date with the current TikTok trends. My children felt sorry for me. Like, oh dear God, our crazy father, what he has no grid for what's going on. And I felt all, I felt super alone up here. Everybody going nuts. I have no reason. I look at my, my son Doss on the front row. He's 16. I'm like, what did I, what is wrong? I mean, I thought like something in my nose, like what? I, I had no grid for what was going on. So I literally ran off the stage and I go to my teenage son and I say, can you update me on what is going on? Can you tell me? I'm not exaggerating. This really happened. And he says, Dad, it's very difficult to explain to you, but there's an app called TikTok. And he just started the process. And now here's what I, I realized in that moment. I realized in the moment that though I was not being formed by TikTok, Gen Z was. That unintentionally, there is a medium, there was a method that was forming them and it wasn't forming me. You and I would know, depending on your age group, you could say, well, here's what forms me. I'm not formed by TikTok, but I might be formed by cable news. I'm not formed by um, something that, say, like Gen X, but maybe, maybe if you're a boomer, you might say, hey, <laughs> I'm formed. Some of you might say, I'm formed, I'm formed by um, HGTV. Some of you, now, none of us are going to say we're formed by those things. But I think it's easy for us to have unintentional formation and instead of being formed intentionally by Jesus as disciples, we are formed by our culture more than we realize. And in that moment, I realized that there was, I mean, we're not talking like just sympathy. We're talking about emotional rise within a thousand young people that had them, right? And you and I, we have our emotions, we have our minds, we have our actions, we have our cares connected to what forms us. And what forms us, is it, it forms based upon what we feed upon. So whatever you behold, you become. Whatever you start to contemplate is the word that Paul uses. Whatever you look at, that ultimately forms us. And I think it's possible for you and I to have things that are unintentionally forming us. We wouldn't, none of us are going to say, I'm formed by Stephen A. on ESPN. I'm formed by, you know... I mean, HGTV or Food Network, I'm, I'm a disciple. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a disciple of ESPN, but I, I got a lot of knowledge based upon what's going on, right? And what I'm not saying is those things are evil or bad. What I am saying is that we have decided that there is one person who is our first love, who is our allegiance. And because we have surrendered our lives to him, we desire more than anything else to be formed by Jesus. We desire to be transformed out of what we formerly were, into glorious light, into new life in Christ, into being a disciple of Jesus. 
And I think it's really easy for you and for me to not even realize what has taken place and for us to unintentionally have set a buffet of different cultural things that have taken up residence in our heart. And maybe in a moment, just, just as crazy it was for me to see how, how Gen Z is being formed, I think you and I, are, we know that some of us that are older, we know we've, we've been formed by the culture for decades, so we often tend to defend our compromise instead of repent of it. We often try to figure out how we can justify it rather than figure out a way to get before Jesus and say, I don't want it in my life. So if we want to look at, okay, where do I want this thing to end? If I'm a disciple of Jesus, what could it look like? And when we talked about being empowered and radiant, so filled with the power of God in order to shine bright in a wicked and depraved generation, we talked about the Great Commission. That's where we were for the last couple of weeks. Next week and today, I want to talk about being rescued and transformed. Jesus saves me and I'm being transformed. It's a process of transformation. So let's begin with the end in mind. We picked up in Acts 1 last week where we just talked about you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's go John 21. This is how John concludes his gospel. And it's that famous story of Jesus having a conversation with the disciples on the beach. And I love, here it is, on the sea. And Jesus engaged in a conversation. And he says to Peter, he says three times, he says, do you love me? It's the Greek word agape. Do you love me? So here's the disciple that he called. Way back here, where originally he said, come follow me. You're fishing for fish. I'll make you a fisher of men. I'll help you make disciples of men. I'm going to give you actually a commission. I'm going to call you to be a, a, a fisher of men. So there's this boat sinking catch that takes place way back in early part of Matthew. We know that Peter's headed towards Pentecost, where there's this whole group of people that get pulled in, and that's some external. We've been talking about that. The power of God at work and doing ministry. I love that. Today, I'm going internal because Jesus has this conversation with Peter on the beach, and today, I'm not going on the external. I'm going after your heart. I'm going internal. I'm going. Jesus always, always tried to like narrow in and go on the inside. Everybody else sees the outside. Let's go for the inside of the cup. Let's talk about what's on the inside. That's the way that he, he talked. And he does that with Peter right here. In John 21, he looks at him. He says, do you love me? Resurrected Christ on the Sea of Galilee, having a conversation with his disciple. And he says, do you agape? Do you love me? Do, I, I want to invite you. What would it look like if Jesus now or 10 years from now is asking you that question? And what would it look like for you to have a vision of your life where you desire to be transformed to where you have agape love in your heart? So as a disciple of Jesus, you don't let the culture tell you your touchdown or what, what the season ender, ending uh, goal is. You let the word of God tell you. So the culture will tell you, hey, here's the touchdown. It has to do with your uh, house. It has to do with your pride. It has to do with your comfort. It has to do with your porch. It has to do with how you look. It has to do with all these things. Oh, no, no, no. Those voices, I'm not saying they're gone, but they're silenced a second. 
compared to you have a plan. And it's easy for us to have a plan for a whole, we'll, we'll develop a plan for a lot of things in our life, especially now with software. So easy to make plans. Okay, great. Let's work on an intentional plan to be radiant disciples. Let's work on an intentional plan to where what expands in our heart is if you were to have a conversation on the beach with Jesus and he were to say, how do you love me? If he were to say, Nathan, do you love me? Skylar, do you love me? That love is in your heart, agape love. So let's go back and let's just begin that journey. And I, I'm inviting you just to look at your own. Everybody has an agenda for your dollar, for your affection, for your time. What would it look like for you to develop and to grow as a radiant disciple? Here's the first one I want to go after. I want to go after your thought life. Your thoughts form your loves. So we're beginning the journey. It's radiant disciples of Jesus. We've left everything to follow him. We're going to follow you. We've been rescued. Okay, great. And now I'm on the journey. And I want to invite you as a 21st century living in Kansas City, um, all that we've got going on. I want to talk kind of practically. Like I want to talk about how you live each day. Paul says this. Romans 12, this is the famous, famous transformation verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so let's talk about a starting place being your thought life. A starting place being what, what, what movies you run in your mind. What, what you feed upon, you'll develop an appetite for. So do I feed upon God? Do I feed upon his word? What does it look like? We become what we think about the most. So what are your thoughts on? What, what actually fills your mind? Your mind is actually your greatest asset, right? So if you can start to think, okay, everybody wants to control my mind. Everybody's trying to tell me about their narrative, their story. What's the Jesus story? What's going to get my attention? What's the loudest voice in my life? Will Jesus be the loudest voice? So you rearrange the way that you live on a daily basis in order to get Jesus in your mind. Psalm 119 reads like this. And I just like this. I'm just going to give you three verses that are fun just for you to think about your time on a daily basis, just for fun. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. Psalm 119.97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Ooh. Psalm 16.7. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. Now, if you were to kind of go and do what we often do, I'll rise before dawn and a latte will get me through the day. Oh, how I long for, your, for uh, a, a little break. I meditate on, if we were honest, I meditate on comfort all day long. I meditate on when I can just take a break again. I, I don't know, you, you fill in that blank, but just feel, you feel, what, what, what do you actually meditate on all day long? David, you're being extremist. Hold on, don't, don't categorize me there yet. Just, just have an open heart about the possibility of that being a radiant disciple of Jesus is far better than being a disciple of anything else. Just, just bear with me that everybody's being formed by something. You are, you, you are a disciple. You will be formed by something. Maybe when Jesus says that it's better to be transformed and formed into a disciple, it's better than what anybody else has to offer. I will praise the Lord who counsels me and then even at night. What could it look like if even at night you were instructed 
by the word of God? What, what, what if you were to fill your mind and your heart with it? Um, all of us, our minds are always working. And so when Paul tells us here to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it matters what you put into it. And you have the possibility to uptick Speaking of discipled, I've been discipled by Nathan. Whoever you hang out with, you become like. That's Nathan's word, uptick. If we uptick, if we uptick filling our minds with the word of God, it increases our capacity to be transformed. And your mind is always working. You tend to think about what you care about. So what would it look like for you to contemplate, think about Jesus? How could you? When uh, Dawson was three, um, he... He, he, Dawson has always, as a child, he, my, my son, he's always been into something, right? And before he was into Lightning McQueen, we had a very long Thomas the Train fad. And um, so when I would uh, come home, I loved to get him, you know, Thomas the Train, different toys, and some of the other engines. And uh, one time Renata tells a story uh, about how she was driving, and Dawson was just staring out the window. And, and, and Renata and I, in each phase, we could talk Lightning McQueen in that phase, in, or, you know, Mr. The King, or, you know, Doc, or Sally. We could talk that talk in Thomas the Train years. I mean, we could, we, we could talk James, or Gordon, or, but, but it, or, or Thomas. But in this moment, he's looking out the window, and he's just staring. And he's a pretty talkative extrovert. And so Renata looked at him and said, Doss, what are you doing? And Dawson looks at his mom. And then he's got, you know, the chubby cheeks. Back then he had really curly hair. And he said, oh, I'm just thinking about Percy, <laughs> which was his favorite Thomas the Train train. And we always start to think about what we care about. You, you don't get to choose if you're doing this. You are doing this. Like your, your mind is going. And, and, and there's a lot of people that, man, you put on Food Network and that's their heaven, right? It's what they like to think about. You put on a cable network about cars and that's, or, or you pick, you pick the, the app, you pick the streaming device, you pick, and that's, that's ultimately their heaven. It's what they like to think about. When we get to heaven one day, we're going to behold his glory. We're going to worship forever. You have something that generates affection in your heart. So imagine with me what your life could look like if you were to uptick in beholding Jesus so that you are transformed so that even your desire grows in beholding him. I, as a parent, I am, I am desperate for this for my kids, right? So Paul says in Galatians chapter four, when he says, I, I long for Christ to be formed in you, which I think that's the heart of each of our, as parents, those of you that are small group leaders, that's your heart. I love the crew that has started to make disciples on Monday nights of our teenagers. I, 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 love, I love we have discipleship coordinators that make disciples of small group leaders and then small group leaders that are making disciples here. It, we do three times, summer, fall, what's the other one? Spring, we do, we do our semester system where we're helping people follow Jesus. And the heart of a small group leader or a parent is Pastor Paul's Galatians 4. I desire for Christ to be formed in you. And so you desire that for self? Oh, that I would be transformed into Christ-likeness to become like him. And a step of maturity, then I actually go from just pouring out my life for comfort and entertainment and security into I care not only about Christ being formed in me and being transformed into his image, 
but I care about other people being transformed. So that's why I'm desperate as a parent. I'm trying to get everything I can. If you've got a Gen Z or if you've got an, a kid, a, a child younger than that, man, you're doing everything you can. That's why I'm passionate. I, well, I, I was talking to someone recently and they started to uh, mock some of the Christian movies that were coming out and it cr- developed rage inside of me. I said, are you kidding me? That's what I do on Friday night. I take my kids out. I love to take them to the Christian. Let's get it before their eyes. There might be a $50 million budget that's trying to create a blockbuster movie, but the one who's only got 250,000 or half a million or less than that to create a Christian movie, we're not the critics of that. We're not the people that are too cool for that. Oh, I wish they could just, why can't we Christians just make that? Oh, no, 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 no. They're, They're on our team. They're helping people get, behold, behold God or the people who are writing songs. Or, the, or in, in any of those capacities. Why? Because we tend to become like that which we behold. So we're working diligently to behold Jesus. We're be, working diligently to get in our minds the word of God. In our, in our minds, the story of God. So there might be Netflix constantly streaming or ESPN constantly going or news constantly going. And the story that you behold, the story that you care about, the story that you put in front of your, uh, in front of your eyes will end up creating affection, will end up starting to start to cause allegiance down the road. So don't talk to me and be passive about, oh yeah, I'm fine. I can handle it. Oh, be wise. Be, be intelligent about what you put in front of your eyes. Oh, t- take it seriously. You've got a far bigger vision than praying a prayer, enduring 50 years on planet earth or 80 years on planet earth and going to heaven. Oh, you got a bigger vision than that. You've been rescued and you've got a vision. I desire to be transformed. I want to become like Jesus. So I'm, I'm not passive when it comes to those attitudes that don't look like Jesus. I'm not passive on those allegiances and those values that kind of get little, little digging into my heart. And I'm trying to pull those weeds out so that I can more and more be transformed because we desire one day we stand before him. Maybe we have the conversation and we're looking back and go, yes, it was challenging. It was hard. I went through some, uh, some high moments and some low moments, but all in all, my allegiance for Jesus was resolute. And what grew in my heart was love. I, I, I grew uh, agape love. No, I, I, know, I, I know I feel short. I know that there were days that, oh, I, I, and, that, and that's what happened with Peter. The, that was the conversation. Peter had just denied him three times. And now three times he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I see you've got this cry in your heart. Do you see that? But here's what he's looking for from you. I just, I, I guess for me, I just fear that so many people are rescued, but not transformed. I just think people are passive on it. I know you're going to be mad at me. I'm going to get some emails about it because I think that in my culture, and and I don't know, I've got the privilege of just kind of being, I've gone to, I've gone to some other cultures. And so I've seen church in different places and somehow in our culture, we, we love this one. And I love this one. Come on. We're going to go there next week. All of us, we go big on this and I love this. Let's get this. And let's get that inside of us. Uh, desire to be transformed. I want to become like Jesus. My, I, I'm not going to be passive on this one. I, 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 I want to get to a place where I'm not just, 
I don't just pray a prayer. My soul get locked in the vault of heaven. I endure the planet. And I stand before Jesus and I was just barely transformed. No. I love one of my uh, heroes is Dick Eastman. And he loves to talk about how one day we'll stand before him and we'll say, here's my heart. And because of the life that I lived, here's the people that came to know Jesus because of how I led them to Christ. And I love that story. And I want to encourage you on this one. You'll have that. And when you stand before him, here's what you desire to stand before him and say, and I became more like you as the years went by. I, the loves of the planet, the hooks in my heart became less and the love for Jesus became more and my love got louder and louder and louder. And so I'm telling you a stepping point, a first step is to say, what am I putting in my mind? One of my dear friends lives in Colorado. We're close buds. I really like him because he's my height. So we got a lot in common. <laughs> and uh, he's, he, has, he has 10 years now where in his house, he's had the word of God playing 24-7. Just nonstop Bible. Just nonstop word of God. And I'm not advocating that everybody do that. I just want you to see the heart in it. Right? Like just... Just, I can feel the desire we're saying. He, he was a guy who was addicted to drugs. He was a guy who'd come out of prison. He was a guy who had been, he, he's, he was, got rescued. And then he's just so desiring to get transformation in his heart that he's saying, as for me and my house, we're gonna constantly be listening to the word of God. I'm just inviting you, what could it look like for you? I'm not trying to shame you. I'm trying to invite you. I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to invite you to a bigger vision. I was talking to a teenager this week in our church, and he told me he has listened to the entire Bible on audio in the last 99 days. A teenager. Woo! What, what, what could it look like for you? Not, not to be, oh, David, yeah, he's kind of strict. No, no, no. No, there's an invitation. There's, there's something better to feed upon. And I just live in a culture where we just tend to feed upon so many things other than the word of God, other than the thoughts of God. But I'm telling you, if you'll start to get your mind and go, I'm going to feast on it. I mean, in the Psalms, we got that morning all day long at night. And I just think we want to get to where, where we know some things. And then when you get to where you, where you, you know it, then you want to start to do it. And I'm going to talk about habits. And, and knowing something is one thing. Doing something is another and where I want to end, if this sermon doesn't go for three hours, I want, I want to end at loving something. Because more than just Jesus getting what you know or what you do, he wants your loves. He wants your heart. A whole nother thing is where you want to do something. Where it's your aim, where it's what I love to do. So your thoughts form you. They form your loves. Your habits form your loves. So you get that knowledge base, you start running those, running, this is his first step, running those movies in, in your mind of what the word of God is, what, what, what God has said. I, I do it with my kids. I mean, started with Veggie Tales. I, I took them out Friday night. We, we went and saw the Abraham movie. Like, I'm just, I'm, let's get it in. Let's get it. Let's get the word of God in. Let's, let's, let's get the thoughts. And then it moves towards your habits. And your habit, you form your habits and then your habits form you. You form your, what you do. I would invite you to, what does it look like? for you to form a habit every day. What is your daily habit? What's your daily, what's your daily habit of getting the word of God in you? And then what's your daily habit of getting the word of God through you, the life of God through you? And sometimes 
You'll start with the conviction because you've got it in your head, and then you start the habit, and you'll start to fall more in love with it. Our uh, elementary pastor, Josh Copeland, he came to Pastor Nathan early on. Uh, we'd been going a couple years and he said, Hey, where is there the greatest need to serve at Radiant Church? And Pastor Nathan said, The greatest goal is to help in elementary. And Josh Copeland said, I'll go serve in elementary. He's been serving there ever since. He preaches every single week. And I said to him, When did you fall in love with kids? And he said, I never, I never started falling in love with kids. I started doing it every week and I fell in love with preaching to these kids. This is a guy who has been not only been doing it for years, very successful in business, and also has a master's degree from Boston College in theology. He's preaching our kids and he says, It has happened to me over time as I fell in love with them. So some of you think, oh, I'm not going to do it till I love it. Mm. Maybe align your action with your conviction and watch love start to grow. There's, there's some people in our church that literally on a Monday night will take those prayer cards and, if we, and, and your prayer requests, and they so love intercession, they will, I'm exaggerating this a little bit to make a point, but they will fundamentally steal the prayer cards in order to make sure they get to pray over them. Half of us, we go, I ain't got time. I, you, you know how busy I am? I ain't got time to pray for nobody else. Maybe let, let the word of God start to so form you that then you take an action step. That action step starts to become a habit. I just think that we, we, have, uh, we have unintentionally been formed in a culture to love self rather than to love Christ. And so... Matthew 16, a part of discipleship is anyone who would come after me must deny himself. We don't like that self-denial, but self-denial is always a part of following Jesus. And you've been formed or discipled by a phone. You and I have been discipled by technology. I did a little research on this. And so if this bugs you, I'm so sorry. It did bug somebody in the last service. I'm just going to say it anyway, because that's what I do. I don't know. Um, but Americans touch their phone 2,617 times a day. Just average. They check their phones on average. You're like, surely not me. Okay. Just somebody, somebody else. Check their phones 262 times a day. And if you look at the way that people make money, they're making money by you loving yourself and finding something that you love. Make an app for it. Whether it's an inter your entertainment, it's your friends, it's your food, it's your workout, whatever it's about you. Now, don't get me wrong. I know this is just, I didn't say this the first time. I'm saying this the second time because somebody told me about it. I know this medium can be used for a lot of good things. I got that. And this also, though, has so many ways where you're slowly being formed, where it's all about you. It's my friends. It's my life. It's my time. It's my money. It's my news. It's all curated for me. And I'm just inviting you. There is something that starts to happen as a disciple of Jesus where you fill up your mind with the word of God. Fill up, I'm going to do not conform to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. I'm going to take and I'm going to contemplate how. Behold the beauty or the excellency or the worthiness of Jesus and you'll be transformed. And then you start to take some action steps where you're not thinking about you, but you're thinking about other people and you're starting to put into daily action a way. How could I, how could I take steps where I actually, I mean, the, the, I mean just, just read the word of God and it's not about you serving self. It's always about serving people. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Serving, loving one another, just as Christ loved you. Okay, so I have been rescued. And because I've been rescued, there's a transformation story that's taking place inside of me. So I don't live 
by the narrative of the culture that tells me love myself, take care of myself, feed myself, I mean, how I look, how my face looks, all my skincare, all my me, 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 me. I'm telling you, in time, you go, oh, David, I can handle it. No, you can't. You are unintentionally being formed into a disciple of self instead of a disciple of Jesus. And I'm, I'm inviting you, get the word of God, get the thoughts of Jesus where you care about that, and then get the actions. I'm gonna take action steps. Pray, serve, give, love, do something that's not about you, and you'll watch love start to grow. I was, I was sitting, uh, Renata and I went out with a couple recently, and, and they, it was just fun because they were telling us stories about how much they love to give financially. And so they were talking about how they love to give to certain projects and the project that they love and the kind of projects, and they just lit up. How many people do you meet that they light up when they talk about giving money away? Not many. They lit up. I'm just inviting you. That, that's a supernatural story. That's fundamentally people that have said, I care about the things of the kingdom. I gave you the example of Josh. He fundamentally said, I care about these kids. And it started with, man, I just, just here's, here I am. Jesus, use me. I'm your servant. Where do you want me? So your thoughts form your loves. And your habits or your actions, what you do, form your loves. And your community forms your loves. That's why we so emphasize getting alone with people in a small group and having conversation. Jesus didn't make a disciple. He made disciples. And our tendency is to say, I've figured out a way to do just me and Jesus. But every time that we read in the word of God, we see churches formed, we see disciples coming to follow Jesus. And those disciples, plural, are your friends. Those disciples will help you. We don't like, of course it's easier. It's e if you're just, if you're just, <laughs> if you're just like, let's just take the fishermen. If you're just Peter, James, and John, and you're like, I'm just gonna stay here instead of going on the journey with Jesus, that's far easier than when you're James and John and you get confronted by Jesus in community. Hey, Jesus. Mm, what would you think about us being, you know, at your right and left in eternity? Right? Little rebuke. Peter got rebuked, right? You, you start to do life with some people, you'll get, you'll, your edges will get trimmed. You'll get a little bit formed. But that's what Jesus does. Jesus transforms you in that context where you got people that encourage you, people that speak the word of God into your heart, people that pray for you, people that help you take steps as a follower of Jesus. That happened to me this week. I'm in a small group and I had somebody in my group and he said, hey, David, here's the way that I pray. I was just, I want to just inspire you with this story. I came back. I told Renata, hey, this is the way this guy prays. I'm going to give that a try. You go, oh, wow, that's cute. A little prayer habit. Let me tell you something. That prayer habit, that, that's, that'll, form, that'll form me over the years to come. The, 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 those, those, those people that will take time to listen and then help Christ be formed in you. And it won't be long before you step out of saying, not just do I want to be formed into the image of Christ, but God downloads his heart into your heart. And every time he makes a disciple, he wants to make a disciple maker to where you start to care about others. Parents, where the passion of your life is that Christ would be formed in the hearts of your kids. I'm just, 
burdened by how many care about academic formation or health formation or financial formation or even recreational sports formation. And they give so little to spiritual formation. Oh man, I'm just burdened by every other reel on Instagram being a parent saying, here's how I endure my kids. I just think it's puke. Those are, those, that's your opportunity. That's your greatest privilege. Serve them, love them, pray for them. Get that burden of Jesus inside of you for what you care about is Christ in form. You mean care about that more than their financial future? Absolutely. You mean care about Christ formed in them so that they're transformed out of looking like the world and transformed into looking like Christ more than their future career? That's what I mean. I'm telling you, you get that inside of you and then you'll stop mocking. You'll stop trying to justify. No, you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised. You'll live a different life. Your time management, your financial management, it, it, it'll start to shape you. And you think, oh, that sounds awful. No, it's actually awesome. It still remains awful to you in your mind because you haven't been transformed yet. Oh, David, you're so mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm desperate. I'm desperate for parents that care. I'm, I'm desperate. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just think we see a generation of young people. It's the hardest time for these kids. We got parents that want to be rich more than they want to make disciples. We got parents that are passive instead of passionate, giving everything. And I'm just telling you, when I look at Jesus, I see Jesus laying his life down. I see Jesus, who's like his father. And you're called to be like Jesus. And when we look at Christ, we get an image of what God is like. And so we need to be students. Fill my mind with what Jesus is like. Fill my days, my actions with what Jesus is like. And I want to be around a people that when I get with them, they're helping me follow Jesus. I just don't want to play church. I just, I can't, I can't. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid's confession. I should be a mess. I should be crazy. Maybe I am. <laughs> but if we can't do this thing, like it's really real. Like we really are going to have a conversation with Jesus. Like we really do give our lives for this. Like it's not just, it's not just um, cookie cutter, passive, but it's real in us. I don't care I, I, if that gets in us. I'm telling you on the other side of that is more joy than the Food Network. It's more joy than ESPN. It's more joy I want to invite you to just go on the journey. Jesus, transform me. Jesus, be at work in my heart. And I'm going to make a decision what I feed my mind on, what I listen to. Make a decision about what I do every day. And I know, I know, I'm not always saying it's easy. But don't you think that when we stand before Jesus, there's going to be a lot of beautiful things that we did out of allegiance and out of agape love, not because it felt good, 
I just want you to know that as a husband and a father, there's a whole lot of things that I do that don't feel good. They're not easy. But it's driven by something bigger and it just feels good. And it's, there's some kind of back end delight. It's deep love about caring for their highest good. I'm just telling you, when Jesus is our allegiance and the commission that he gave and the transformation that he wants, there's actually, there's actually a day where the suffering is your joy. Week five of this church starting, I preached on suffering. And I had somebody come up to me and say, wow, it was a brand new church. You preached on suffering. I'm so sorry. I, I, but I think deep in my bones, I believe that anything that you're willing to suffer for, sacrifice for, lay your life down for, is what you really love. And I just think those, I think that's the kind of disciples that Jesus was making in the first century. And I think it's the kind of disciples that he's making in the 21st century. Will you bow your heads with me and let's pray together. Whether you've been following Jesus for 20 years, 50 years, or if you want to just follow him today, would you just say, Jesus, rescue me. And Jesus, transform me. Jesus, change me. Jesus, make me like you. Save me from living for self, worldly pleasures. Transform me into your image. I want you. I need you. Be the Lord of my life. Save me. I follow you. I give you everything. In that song we sang, you can have it all. It's the lyric of my life. You can have it all, God. I give you everything. In Jesus' name. And all of Radiance and amen. Let's stand together. I want to invite our ushers to come forward. We're going to give and sing before we go. I just want to encourage you. I want to thank you guys. So many of you are giving so generously towards this building process. I was just talking to Will last week. We were just talking about God's got us. God's got us. Like, we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry we can just trust and I just want to thank you for being the church that you are I know thank you for in, <laughs> thank you for just the, your kindness to me and staff and small group leaders it's just such a joy it's just such a joy to be such a, a part of a life giving environment I went in, out here between services I literally had five different people just build me up I thought I was going to be dependent on caffeine just to get, make it through the next service. I had, man, I didn't get time to get it. I saw five people just build me up. And I, I love that culture in here. And I know the culture in America is get in, get out, get on with your life. But at our church, I want to encourage you, get in, get with God. Speak life to each other. Be that person that's looking for someone that you can speak life to. Don't let this just be about you. Oh, let, let, let more of the joy of Jesus transform you into where you're looking with eyes who you can be life to, who you can pray for, who you can encourage. And I know 
There's NCAA basketball games to watch and there's buffets to go to. But man, to be a people that love his presence and love his people, come in, marinate for a little bit. Let the words of Jesus come through you. So it doesn't just go in your ears, but you start a conversation. You look for the person who doesn't know anybody. Wink at them, introduce yourself to them, talk to them. Half the people don't want to fill out a card, they want a friend. So be it. Be the Jesus that you want someone to be for you. Talk to them. As a lady in our church, every week I watch her. Not every week, that's an exaggeration. A lot of times I watch her go pray for people. She's looking, who can I pray for? I love that. Be the intercessor. Be the encourager. Be the person that's not just coming in for you. Worship the king. Get the word of God in your heart and look on who you can love. Celebrate other people. Jesus, we give joyfully and gladly. We sing. We, we declare this as a lyric, but it's the story of our lives. Take everything, all that we have. It all belongs to you. We give you our lives in Jesus.